Turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 6. The book of Joshua chapter 6. While you are turning there, I want to say what an honor it is to be back home at East Wind. Amen. I love this place. And I love your pastor and your pastor's wife. I know they are not here today, but I know their heart is here. And uh, I'm sure he's watching. And I just want the Myers family to know that I love them and I appreciate them. Do you love your pastor? Amen. Give honor to Bishop and Dr. Myers. I love and appreciate them so much. I just love when I'm in the office and I hear that booming voice come in the door. I love Bishop Myers. Amen. Don't you love Bishop and Dr. Myers? Amen. Amen. To the Ritchie family, I love and appreciate them so much. And I am just so thankful for them. I say this and I mean it. Every church in Pentecost would be better if they had a Ritchie family. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1, a very familiar passage of Scripture. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say a woman. Lord, forgive me. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Verse number two, and the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hand Jericho. Let's read that again. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. For the next few moments with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this on something I feel very strongly in my spirit today. That is how to take your city. Would you say that with me? How to take your city. Amen. Before you're seated, would you set your Bibles down? Would you link up with the person next to you if it's appropriate? And could we just pray that God would have his will and his way in the remainder of this service all across the house? Lord, I love you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence that has already filled the house. Because you're here, anything is possible. Anoint your vessel, God, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I want to team up with you today, God. I want to be used by you today, Jesus. Put your words in my mouth, God. I pray for the gifts of the Spirit to begin to flow right now, God, and that you would confirm this word with signs following. I ask it in the wonderful matchless name of Jesus. Take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance in this service. And I pray for there to be a loosing of the supernatural right now. Let everybody shout this in Jesus' name. There is faith in this house here today. If you think God's going to do something great for you one more time, high five your neighbor, tell him you love him and be seated in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. The last little while as I have been in revival at this uh, church in Denison, Texas, the, the Lord has been dealing with me on a few things. I feel that is just for the body of Christ. And one of the things that has been very pivotal on where we are at, and I feel the Lord is speaking into my spirit, is that we are, we are not about to have revival. We're just not. Because that is, that is stating that, that we're not in revival. And I just feel like that that is a, 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 a false statement. I think if you feel what is in the house of the Lord here today, you could testify that we are revived. Amen. There may be a few individuals that need a personal revival, but on the collective level, this church is in revival. On the collective front, this church is in a red hot burning apostolic revival. We're in the kind of revival where you can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost during song service. Or in the kind of revival where God will interrupt the 830 service and heal somebody ever before the preached word even goes forth. That's the kind of revival we're in. 
And I, and I say this, and, and, I, and I'm going to continue to say it every time that God gives me the opportunity to preach to you. Don't pray for revival. Pray that God will teach you how to operate in the revival that you're in. You're not about to be in revival. Quit saying that. Start realizing we're in revival. We're having revival. If you need the Holy Ghost here today, the power of God is here to fill you with himself. The Spirit of God is here to fill you here, right, right here, right now. If you would lift your hands, repent of your sins, you could get an experience with God like you've never had right here, right now in the middle of the preached word of the Lord. Amen. He's still a miracle working God. He's still a God that is ready to fill his people. And we are here and we are now. It is not coming. It's right here. It's right now. We are in the, the, the present time apostolic in time revival now. Right here, right now. And, and a, a mirroring of, of what revival would look like for us, you could see throughout the book of Acts. And you can see, even as God led his people in, into Canaan, as he led them there, that, that was their promised land. I, I know some preach Canaan as heaven, but Canaan is not heaven. Because if you preach Canaan as heaven, you're stating that heaven's going to have giants for you to fight. Canaan is not heaven. Canaan is where he intends for God's people to dwell while they're on earth. He intends for you to be a land flowing with milk and honey. That means that he intends for you to have cows and bees and for you to be a producer here on earth right now. He doesn't intend for you to be the borrower. He intends for you to be the lender. He doesn't intend for you to be the tail. He intends for you to be the head. We are a blessed people because we are a children of promise. told him, he said, this is your land, this is your promise, and that's what God intends for us to have right here, right now, is the promises of God. Intends for us to have those things. But there are a few things that, that God did when the children of Israel realized where they were at at that moment. The first thing that he did after he rolled back the waters of, Jer- of, of Jordan and brought them into Canaan and into the plains of Jericho. The very first thing that he did was he, he said, now we've got to, we've got to circumcise those that were not circumcised in the wilderness. That is to say, you've got to get rid of some extra flesh we are living in a time where we cannot be living after the flesh hello somebody we can't be living after the flesh in the times that we are living in if there's ever been a time for the apostolic church to be spiritually sensitive it's right here and it's right now It's time for us to walk after the Spirit. It's time for us to be operating according to the Spirit. It's time for you to start laying hands on the sick when the Spirit moves upon you and quickens you in Walmart. And they're going to be healed right then and right there. It's where we're at right now. It's not time for us to be walking according to the flesh. It's time for us to be walking according to the Spirit. I'm thankful that when he brought them into their promised land, he said, it's time for you to get rid of that extra flesh through circumcision. But we know that in the New Testament, that we are no longer circumcised according to the flesh. But the apostle wrote to us and said, it's circumcision of the heart. This he was talking about. In the Old Testament, circumcision of the flesh brought you into covenant. You were a child of Abraham. You were a child of promise if you were circumcised of the flesh. What the apostle was trying to tell us is, anybody that circumcised of the heart. You link into that Abrahamic blessing. You become a child of the covenant. You become a child of the promise. And circumcision of the heart is this. Baptism in Jesus name. In filling of the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. Repenting of your sin. So if you're here today and you want to be a child of the Most High God, you're one moment of repentance away from lifting your hands. Repenting of your sins. And God filling you uh, with the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, 
And I'll tell you, just like the apostle said, the waters are ready. What doth hinder thee? We've got robes, towels, and warm water. Do not leave here uh, until you are buried with Christ in baptism. Uh, You must be baptized uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of your sins. Uh, It's the only way to get to the Father is to go through Jesus Christ. Uh, No man cometh to the Father but by me. That's the word of the Lord. If you want to be a covenant child, you got to get into covenant waters. You got to be buried with Christ in baptism. And that was the that was the blueprint that he gave them. That's what he told them. He said you got to get rid of the flesh if you're going to be a children of revival and a children of the promised land. We can no longer be operating according to the flesh. And I love what he says in Joshua 5 and 9. He said, once they were done getting rid of that flesh, then and only then was the reproach of Egypt rolled off of them. Only then was the reproach of Egypt rolled off of them. You've got to understand something. Egypt is type and shadow of the world. Uh, Until you are baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Until you have repented of your sins. Uh, You are not out of Egypt. Uh, You are not out of the world. Uh, The only way to come out from the world. uh, And be separate according to the word of the Lord. uh, Is to be baptized uh, in the name of Jesus uh, and filled uh, with the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. God does not intend for his people to stay in Egypt. If you're a covenant child, you're not meant to be in Egypt. Egypt is type and shadow for us today of the world. It's not God's, it's not God's plan for you to be in Egypt. It is so not God's plan for you to be in Egypt that the Bible says that there was not one grave in Egypt of the children of Israel. That means that not one person was left in Egypt that was a covenant child of Abraham because God does not intend for his holy people to be a people of the world. So if you want to come out of the world, I tell you, you've got to go through the cloud and you've got to go through the sea. It's baptism in Jesus' name. It's the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then and only then was Egypt off of them when they were in covenant By circumcision of the flesh. And that's the same pattern we get. We have to be circumcised of the heart. And that I've already explained to you. And then after that the Bible says. That they ate of the fruit of the land. That year. That year is 365 days. They dwelled in the land of Canaan. And they they had to learn. They had to learn how to be people that went to the vine and partook of the vine. They had to learn how to start being a producer and not somebody that waited on the taskmaster to give them the food that they were supposed to eat that day. God had to change their mindset. God had to teach them that you are to be a people that says, this is my land. This is my territory. This is my promise. It's time for us to get possessive over our city. It's time for us to get possessive over our neighborhood. It's time for us to get possessive over our families. It's time for you to say, this is my family. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's time for you to say, this is my neighborhood. And if this is my neighborhood, I'm going to win my neighbor. I'm going to win my brother. I'm going to win my sister. It's how God intends for it to be. Somebody hear what I'm saying here today. We've got to learn how to be who God intended for us to be in the land that he has given us. Palm Bay is your Canaan. Melbourne is your Canaan. This county is your Canaan. God intends for you to drive out every evil force that is here and for us to have dominion here. For us to have authority here. For us to have the promises that are on the vine. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching here today? For nearly 400 years, they had a mindset of, we got to go to the flesh pot and we've got to get the meat. 
or we've got to go to the taskmaster and we've got to get the bread. But God had to change their mindset of who they were. You are not a people of Egypt anymore. You are a people of the Most High God. And when you are a people of the Most High God, He tells you there's grapes on those vines. And if you want them, go and get them. There's wheat on the harvest field. And if you want it, go and get it. That's the mindset we've got to have in this 21st century church. It's yours, East Wind. How bad do you want it? Will you allow God to change your mindset today? And become a possessor of what's yours. Joshua 6 and 1 in my text. The Bible says that Jericho was straightly shut up. And you see, I love the wording in the scripture. And I love the punctuation that I see here. Because for some reason, all the times that I've preached from this text... I have yet to see exactly what I saw when the Lord began to show me this. Joshua 6 and 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, comma, see, comma. He put two commas there almost to emphasize the pause of the Lord. Almost to emphasize the necessity of Joshua being able to see before Joshua could have it. Almost, it was like God was saying, Joshua, can you see it before I give it to you? We see, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence is not seen. I ask you today, East Wind, can you see it? He told him, he said, Joshua, look, this is your city. Can you see it? And before he gave him any blueprint on how to take the city, he had to know, Joshua, can you visualize having your miracle? Joshua, can you visualize having your breakthrough? Joshua, can you, can you see? I'm going to preach to you today until you believe it. Can you see yourself coming out of here healed? Can you see yourself coming out of here delivered? Can you see yourself being set free? Can you see your family saved? Can you see... I need a little more monitor up here. I said, can you see it? I said, can you see it? I said, can you see it? I'm going to preach it until you believe it. Can you see? Because you see, for we walk by faith, not by sight. The world says it can't happen. But God says, can you see? The doctor says, I've given you the diagnosis and there's no hope. But God says, can you see? The friends say, you're a lost cause. I was there when you made the mistake. But God says, can you see? Your family says, I know what kind of man or woman you are. But God says, can you see? I don't care what the world says. I'm asking you, can you see yourself being delivered? Can you see yourself being healed? Can you see yourself being set? Can you dance like the weight has been lifted? It may not be yet, but can you feel it happening before it does? I know the evidence isn't there, but can you see? Yeah, go ahead. Some of y'all still sitting down, looking around, sucking your thumb, caught up in depression, wondering why you can't get your breakthrough, wondering why you can't get your miracle. It's because you can't see it before it's there. It's because you can't picture it before it happens. It's because you can't imagine it. Can you see? Oh, if you can see it, would you shout? Would you shout? Would you shout? That was a shout that can kind of see it. But before he could tell him, I'm going to do it. 
He had to make sure, can you see it? So before I can tell you anything else, God wants to know, can you see it? Before I I can see it, because I know what kind of God I serve. But let me ask you again, can you see your miracle? Can you see your family say, can you... Abram, I'm going to make you the father of a nation. But first, start wandering around for a city whose builder and maker is God. What do you mean? What do I look for? Just walk and see it even though it isn't. And everywhere your foot goes, that's yours. I don't see it yet, Lord. Just keep walking. I don't quite feel it, Lord. You just keep walking. I can't quite imagine it, Lord. You just keep walking. You know why Abraham was the father of the faithful? Because faith operates before there's evidence. You see, we allow experience to shape our faith. Instead of the word of the Lord to increase our faith until faith changes our experience. Had Abraham allowed experience to make him believe what the word of faith was saying wasn't true. He wouldn't have been the father of the faithful. But in a little encounter with the Lord. See that I go childless. Abraham, look at the stars. That'll be your children. Abraham, look at the sand. That'll be your children. No matter what point of view you have on the promise, whether you're looking up and believing or stooped over and hurt by the journey, either way, the promises of God are true. You didn't hear what I just said. Whether your posture is somebody who's weary in the journey and you're stooped over, don't stop believing the word. Don't stop buying into the word. Don't stop believing God. It's so true. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. Father of many nations. And every time somebody called him Abraham, experience rose its ugly head and said, you are not a father of many. But Abraham said, although the evidence says otherwise, the word of the Lord is my faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. I said hearing by the word. I know it may not have happened yet, but you let the word be preached anyhow. And as long as you'll build your faith, you hear me eventually experience will match the word. Oh God, help us today. Can you see it? Can you see it? I'm going to ask you again. Can you see it? You ought to shout it if you can see it. You ought to pray it if you can see it. You ought to believe it if you can see it. You ought to act like it if you can. Somebody that can see it doesn't remain defeated. They just keep believing. Somebody that can see it doesn't remain with their head down. They just keep believing. Somebody that can buy into it doesn't remain in their slumber. They arise to the occasion. And say it's mine. Can you see it? Oh, would you lift your hands right now? I feel, I feel a little surge of the Holy Ghost coming in this room. Well, preacher, you don't know what the doctor said, but I know what the word of the Lord is. 
Well, preacher, you don't know everything that's going on in my family. But I know that the word of the Lord is still sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will divide asunder. It'll root up. It'll tear down. It'll plant. It'll build. It'll do what no man can do. Might I just echo Isaiah? It doesn't matter what has happened. The word of the Lord cannot return void. It's shall accomplish whether to it was sent if God said it it'll happen if God said it it'll happen someone shout yes someone shout it's mine if you believe it act like it for a moment When he could see Bishop, then and only then would God give him the instructions on how to have it. When he could see it, then God would say, now let me tell you, tell you how it's going to happen. Once you can see that it's your city, let me show you how you're going to take your city. Once you can see that it's your miracle, let me show you how you can have your miracle. Some of the reasons we haven't had the instruction is because we haven't really been believing. We got to believe to see. We've got to believe to see. The evidence says no, but God says yes. And when you can say that God says yes over what the evidence is proving, I've come today to tell you the avenger will arrive. And when he shows up, he'll show up with vengeance in his hand. And when he comes on the scene, I come today to tell you his train fills the temple. That means he's never lost a battle. That means he's never seen a sickness he couldn't heal. That means he's never seen an adversary he couldn't slay. That means he's never seen an addiction. He couldn't crush that. Can you see? So you can see it, Joshua. Oh, yeah, Lord. Then let me tell you how you're going to take your city. And you shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall come past the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. Joshua, now that you can see, this is how you're going to have it. The first command was for the people to march in silence. It was Samuel who told Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes obedience isn't easy, but it's the key to having what God intends for you to have. Sometimes when the pastor preaches something that don't make sense, but you believe it anyhow and you're obedient anyhow, it's that kind of believing that will issue in the having of the moment. Can you be obedient even when you want to talk? But the word of the Lord said, stay silent. Can you be obedient even when it's not easy to be? Be obedient. Hello, somebody. That's what Saul, I mean, that's what Samuel told Saul when he said, well, I kept the sacrifice. I kept the lambs and, and, and the good things so that I could sacrifice. He looked right at him. He said, don't you understand that obedience is better than sacrifice? Somebody better hear me. Well, being obedient to the word of the Lord is more important than any other thing you can do. If you give out of your ears, but you're not obedient to the word of the Lord. Money doesn't get you into heaven. Obedience to the word of God does. 
He asked him, he said, can you be obedient? And they marched in silence when it wasn't easy, when it was hot. And they wanted to nudge their neighbor and say, why is he making us do this? Why in the world do we have to be silent when they wanted to say, he said, no, if you'll save it for the shout, when I need your voice, it'll be more effective than it ever was. Let me just pause here and talk to the young ministers that are in this room. Any aspiring young preacher, it's more important for you to be obedient to your man, obedient to your man of God than it is for you to have an important revelation to preach any day of the week. If he says no, it's no. If he says yes, it's yes. If he says jump, it's how high. And through your obedience, God will birth a unique anointing in you. And when that anointing comes over you, there is an appointed time that your shepherd will see. It's time for you to be used. Don't you dare go outside of the realms of the word of the Lord. And if your shepherd say in the word, it is the word. Obedience is better than sacrifice. He said, first things first, the armed men are going to be in front. Then we're going to have those that will blow the trumpets. And then we're going to have the Ark of the Covenant. And then there's going to be this group back here called the rear reward. I begin to wonder, what in the world is a rear reward? It just didn't make sense to me. And it would appear that it's just those people that take up the back until you begin to look at Isaiah 58 and 8. And it says, then shall the light break forth as the morning and the hell shall spring forth speedily and the righteous shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rear reward when you're obedient. The glory of the Lord follows. You didn't hear what I just said. When you follow the instructions that are given from the word of the Lord, the glory of God isn't far behind you. And when the glory of the Lord is there, anything is possible. It's the glory of the Lord that astounded the queen that visited Solomon. It wasn't the gold. It wasn't the dancers. But when the glory fell in the house, she couldn't believe it. And watch this. This is what the real reward was. It was an echo of what happened in Exodus 14 and verse number 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. Watch. This is what happens when you're obedient. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud of darkness unto Egypt, but it was light to the children of the Most High. God, uh, let me just go ahead and preach to somebody that's being obedient to the word of the Lord uh, and you feel like the glory of the Lord has departed from in front of you. It doesn't mean that it's gone. It just went behind you uh, to give you light on where you're going uh, and to confuse the enemy that's trying to take you from behind. Obedience is better uh, than sacrifice. We need the glory of the Lord to fill this house. We need the glory of the Lord. You may feel forsaken, but you're not forsaken. God just took up the back to watch over you, to protect you, to keep you, to make sure nobody would come up from behind and steal what's yours, to take those that are important to you. I know you feel forsaken, but you're not forsaken. God's just on your defense. You look at that word, rear reward, and it means a cough, A-C-A-P-H. I gave you a cool little picture. I found this when I was studying. You see that word rear reward, that's what it means. It means the rear guard. But when you look at it in the original, it is defined by three ancient Hebrewic pictograms. It is defined by the ox, the prop, and the mouth. Hear me, when they were obedient, this is what was behind them. The ox, which represents the power of Almighty God. The prop, which represents God's ability to hold you up and support you. And the mouth, that even when you're silent and obedient, the word of the Lord is still being spoken on your behalf. 
You didn't hear what I just said. When they were marching in silence, God was behind them, being their strength to their weariness. When God was behind them, He was holding them up for the journey. When God was behind them, He was speaking on their behalf. I know it may seem silent, but God's still speaking. I know it may seem hard, but the reason you're still standing is because God's holding you up. I know you may seem powerless, but in my weakness, He is strong. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You better hear me. He didn't leave you. He's holding you. He didn't stop speaking. He's just speaking to your enemy. God have mercy. You're not powerless. He is your power. Paul said, I would rather glory in my infirmities because I learn when I'm weak. Then and only then, then and only then, I don't have much energy to preach, but he's strong. I don't have much voice to do it, but he's got a voice. So you better hear me. God never left you. Oh, if you if you feel what I'm preaching right now, you need to lift your hands and you need to shout unto the Lord. You need to let a great cry go into heaven. I'm here to preach to the feel forsaken. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He's the friend that sticketh closer than any brother. He's there when you don't see him because he's an omnipresent God. He's there in the darkness. He's there in the lion's den. He's there in the fiery furnace. He's there when you're depressed. He's there when you're hurting. He's there at the mention of his name. All you've got to do is get the name of the Lord in the atmosphere. And although you feel alone, there is an angel right beside you. There are angels in this house today to bring strength to the weary. Be ye not weary in well-doing. Be ye not weary in well-doing. For if you faint not, it's there. It's your due season. It's your moment. If you're weary in this place today, you need to realize it's a sign of due season. He said, be ye not weary in well-doing. Be ye not weary. Because the weariness shows, due season has showed up. And as long as you don't faint, you shall run and not be weary. You're going to find strength underneath the wings of the Most High God. I've come today to tell somebody, He never left you, but it was in your obedience. He was doing what you couldn't do. It was in your sacrifice of obedience. He was going where you could not go. It was in your moment of hardship. God was doing what you couldn't do. Joshua 6.13 I'm closing if you want to stay standing you can stay standing and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually think about that and blew with the trumpets for some reason bishop I missed it in Sunday school that the priest blew the trumpets every day That's what the word of the Lord says. 
it says, and they went on continually and blew with the trumpets every day for seven days. And on that seventh day, seven times, pastor, why you still preach it? I'm going to have my promise and I'm not seeing it. I just got to keep claiming because the seventh day is coming. Preacher, why are you still trying to convince me that it's going to come to pass? I've been in this 50 plus years and I ain't seen the great revival yet. Nevertheless, it was the priest's job to keep on preaching. Even when they didn't see the walls come down, preach on. Even when it didn't happen, preach on. Even when it wasn't happening, preach anyhow. You better take the fetters off of your men of God and say preach when it don't make sense. Preach when it ain't easy. Preach when nothing else is happening. Preach. 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 You keep blowing that trumpet, men of God. The seventh day's coming. Pastor, you expect me to believe we're going to have the greatest revival we've ever had? Absolutely, I do. But I've heard that for the last decade. Preach on anyhow. Uh, Youth pastor, you expect me to believe that I'm going to be the greatest generation? They said that to the last generation. Preach on anyhow, preacher. Bible study teacher, you mean to tell me you're still teaching? Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. While people are departing from it, preach on anyhow. Bible study teacher. You just keep preaching. Because faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. Preach on, man of God. Preach on, woman of God. You keep telling your family, as the priest of your home, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But my kids are lost. Preach on anyhow. You keep calling them home. You keep saying, daughter of Zion, travail. But they're not travailing. It don't matter. You keep speaking, even when it ain't happening. Seven days, six days, they marched around one time. I imagine on that seventh day, they had no breath left in their lungs. They stumbled around that wall. Hot sun was cooking them down. They had a sunburn. Their their voice was barely there. But on that seventh time, They had to blow anyhow. And when they let the sound of the trumpet. You see the last time. The Bible said. They had to blow with everything. And this one. Blew a little longer. Than all the other ones. This one sounded. Just a little bit different. Than all the other times. You see. The reason they have to keep preaching it is because they're going to preach it until God says it's going to happen. And once it happens, watch this. The Bible says that when he blew the trumpet on the seventh time, and they blew it a little longer that time, because the men of God begin to feel it was really our time. It is really my moment. It is really my destiny for me to have it. Hear me. The times have never aligned like they are aligned right now. I don't know if you've been hearing what Bishop is teaching, but Bishop has been writing it out plain. The coming of the Lord is soon. The eastern sky is about to part. God's going to descend with a shout and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then those which are alive and remain are going to come up also come on somebody I know you've heard that for a long time but this time it sounds just a little different doesn't it this time it has just a little bit different sound to it it is being preached a little bit longer this time 
Because when they let it out on the last time, something had to take place. You see, this time, the preacher done all the preacher could do. And now, it was time from the shout of the saints. Now we are standing at a pivotal moment in the day and time of the apostolic church. Where the transfer from the pulpit to the pew has taken place. And if you really want it to happen, then you better shout with everything you have. You better give it everything you can give it. You better let that Holy Ghost apostolic war cry come out of your belly. Because when it comes down this time, the walls that have held you back are coming down. And when the walls go down, the people said they arose over the rumble that kept them back. What does the word say? You will crusade it under your feet. You've got to understand something. Your sound now is more important than it's ever been. Your voice now is more important than it's ever been. Because your voice holds the balance of the walls coming down. Your voice holds everything. What is that that I hear? I was marching in silence for so long. Just being obedient to the word of the Lord. But now I hear something coming from the preacher that sounds a little different. And when they gave that shout, walls came down. And the word says the people ascended up. Elevation always follows obedience. Because when you're obedient to the word, God can't help but use you. So if you want what I'm talking about, as those that have already discerned this moment have come down, you better join them down here. Because the last sound of the trumpet is about to go up and when this one goes up there's about to be a transfer from the pulpit to the pew and it's now your responsibility to figure out how bad do you want it do you want it more than you want anything else do you need it more than you need anything else your miracle can you see it first uh, do you really want your breakthrough uh, can you see it first uh, do you really want to be filled with the Holy Ghost can you see it first I've come today to remind you uh, it's time for the transfer from the pulpit to the pew in this house y'all get ready to get loud with me you feel that in this house right now I'm asking you do you feel what's in this room right now can you feel what you've been praying for is here and can you see it can you see yourself walking out of this place with your promise can you see yourself having what God said you're going to have? Can you envision it right now in your mind? Come on. You've got to see it up here before you see it out here. You've got to see it right here before you can see it out here. Do you see it here? Sister, can you see being saved? Brother, can you see being saved? Elder, can you see them coming home? Mama, can you see getting that miracle? Daddy, can you see that boy praying through? Come on, can you see that cancer drying up? Can you see that tumor falling off? Can you see that breakthrough coming into your life? Can you see it? I can. You've got to picture it here before God will do it out here. 
Do you feel the faith? That's because you're starting to see it. Do you feel the faith? That's because you're starting to believe it. Do you feel the anointing? That's because you're starting to see it. You're starting to see God healing you. You're starting to see God... When the word of faith is spoken, I'm going to lay this microphone down. And it's on you to shout until it happens. Hear me. To pray until it happens. To worship until it happens. God is here. Faith is here. And the word has been released. You need nothing else to leave here with exactly what God said you could have today. You can see it, you can believe it, and if you have faith, God can do it. I'm here to tell every father that is like the man that brought the son that was possessed with the devils to Jesus. said, Lord, I believe, but with tears streaming down his face, you've got to help thou my unbelief. You believe, but experience has bred a little something into you that said, well, maybe it won't happen this time. But God's saying, you weren't standing in front of Jesus all the other times. Hello? Right now, God's going to do it. Right now, the God of heaven and earth is in this room. Hear me. He's in this room right now. He's here to do it right now. Can you see it? Can you see it? Uh, every hand lifted all across the house are you ready are you ready I need you to shout I need you to pray I need you to praise I need you to worship until you feel the wall of sickness come down until you feel the wall of depression crumble at your feet until you feel the wall of cancer die in your existence I'm telling you somebody will be healed of cancer in this room today I'm telling you somebody are you ready? Are you ready? By the power of the Word of God and by the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I speak right now that every need that is seen in the lens of faith now will come to pass in Jesus' name.